This is the Read, Write, and Create podcast, the podcast where you get a bite-sized session of creative writing coaching from me, Lori L. Tharps. I'm an award-winning author of both fiction and nonfiction, a journalist, and a former college professor. I've spent more than 20 years writing, teaching, and coaching creative writers, so I created this podcast because I want to help as many BIPOC writers as possible get their stories out of their heads and into the world. Are you ready? Let's go. On episode 21 of the podcast, I'm taking you on a tour of the sanctuary. That is the new private membership community that we're launching here at Read, Write, and Create headquarters. The sanctuary is a private community for BIPOC women writers who want to get their work out into the world and want to get paid for doing so. I'm going to share the origin stories of the sanctuary on this episode, but I'm also going to share why writing communities are gaining in popularity, even though they are far from a new idea. So even if you're not a BIPOC women writer or the sanctuary isn't for you, I urge you to stick around and listen to this episode anyway to find out how writing communities can help you optimize your writing life. Even the ancestors knew this to be true. Hello, writers, wordsmiths, and scribes. Welcome back to the show. If this is your first time here, welcome to you too. I am so excited to have everybody here listening to me share all of my writing wisdom, wisdom that I've gained from over 30 years. Oh, I feel so old. It's 30 years in the world of publishing journalism and just being an overall book lover which is the perfect segue to bring you into the sanctuary. So I promise I'm not going to go on and on. This episode is going to be pretty short and sweet, but I did want to give you the origin story for me creating this community for BIPOC women writers. It's literally been a dream of mine to do so since I was a baby writer back in the 1990s when I first started my career. (laughs) In my head, I wanted to buy a brownstone in Brooklyn, outfit it with purple leather couches, armchairs covered in kente cloth, and man-sized exotic plants, and always there would be like an Erica Badu song somewhere in the background. I'd always have a pot of coffee and tea at the ready and baskets of warm blueberry muffins. I imagined writers would be in my brownstone crafting their masterpieces in community. And in the evenings, we turn down the lights, plug in the mic, and have a literary salon benefiting the Harlem Renaissance. So it's been a while since I've carried that image in my mind. And now I am trying to do that in a virtual space with the sanctuary. I like to say that the sanctuary is a virtual community with real life vibes. (laughs) It really is my opportunity to bring that vision to as many women as possible because I'm doing it online. So what I want to do with this episode is basically answer the questions that I've been receiving in my DMs, in my email inbox, and even in person. I figured, why not just collate all these questions, answer them here, and then I can just tell anybody who has questions, go listen to episode 21 of the podcast and you'll find out everything you need to know about the sanctuary. So question number one, what is this sanctuary thing you're talking about? Basically, like I said, if you could imagine the brownstone, that's the container for it all, the virtual container. But basically, the sanctuary is a safe space where writers can find resources on wellness, craft, professional development, as well as job and publishing opportunities that they can take advantage of 
plus this active community of fellow sister scribes. Question number two, why did you create the sanctuary? Well, there were two main reasons. Reason number one, which I already talked about, it's been a passion project and an idea I've had for a long time. And reason number two, I know that writers need resources, encouragement, professional development opportunities in order to thrive. Personally, I've lived a very successful writer's life. I've had several books published. I've gotten some of my books optioned into movie deals. I've gotten my um, journalism published in places like the New York Times, the Washington Post. I've basically done everything I've set out to do as a writer. And so I guess in some ways I created the sanctuary because I wanted to give back because I am now in a position with my own deep network in the world of publishing that I can be a resource for other people. And I don't want to be a resource for just one or two people. I want to create a community where with my own resources and the resources within the community, we can be that much more powerful together. Now, I'm not saying I'm the best writer in the world, and that's why people should want to be in my community. Not at all. But I do have a gift for connecting people, for building community, and finding resources for things that matter. I also love any excuse to grab a group of women together for a good kiki over the last book we read or gush over our favorite authors. So essentially, the sanctuary allows me to bring my skills, my experience, and my passions together for one good, delicious cause. All right, question number three. Who is the sanctuary for? Clearly stated, the sanctuary is for women writers who identify as Black, Brown, Indigenous, Latina, Asian, multiracial, or some other manifestation of the melanin rich. Okay? So, all BIPOC writers, if you identify in one of those ways, are welcome, whether you're an emerging writer or an award winning author. The only criteria, as far as your writing is going, is that your writing is meant for public consumption, as our content and our community is really meant to nurture the writer whose goal is to get their writing into the world because you want to get paid for your work and you want to get published. So if for you, if writing is just like a form of therapy, it's something you do in your journal every day, no shade on that. We love you. But our content and our community is really geared towards people who, you know, whether you're a journalist, a memoirist, a nonfiction author, a kidlit writer, a novelist, a romance writer even, our content is really meant to help you optimize your writing life, optimize your writing, support you and nurture you and help you find the opportunities that's going to get your writing into the world. So, those are the writers that we are looking for to nurture and to bring into the sanctuary. Question four, what exactly is going on behind the closed doors of the sanctuary and why are the doors closed anyway? Good question. So what happens in the sanctuary? What are we doing in our community? There's a lot going on that people can take advantage of. It's not meant to be overwhelming. It's meant to basically provide support for the whole writer. So we want the sanctuary to be kind of a one-stop shop for what writers need since most writers work in isolation. So basically, we offer monthly workshops on craft, wellness, and professional development. These workshops will be taught by myself as well as other special guest authors and experts. We also will have monthly themed happy hours, weekly co-writing sessions, a biannual book club, monthly writing prompts, 
monthly creativity prompts, community writing challenges, group book coaching, writing salons, a beta reader directory, and eventually we also will be having in-person sanctuary meetups. So again, everything you need to optimize and enjoy your writing life. Which leads me to part two of that question. Why is this all happening behind closed doors? Why is this a private membership? Why does it cost money? Well, the answer is because creating such a high-touch community where writers can get support, resources, and exclusive access to a curated network of professional publishing experts isn't free. Membership has its privileges and you have to pay for the privilege. Because even though creating the sanctuary is a labor of love for me, it is labor nonetheless. But the price for membership has been kept affordable because obviously I know that writers don't get paid like that until you join the sanctuary and step up your game. So the monthly fee to join the sanctuary is just $37 a month, but prices will go up in 2024. But here's the thing, because I really believe in loyalty and I appreciate anyone and everyone who is willing to rock with me from the beginning, whatever price point you join, will stay the same for your entire experience, your entire membership time in the sanctuary. Even if I raise prices, which I will because inflation is real, the price that you join at is the price that you will stay paying for the rest of your time in the sanctuary. All right, question number five. Did our literary ancestors have private writing communities? Of course they did. And since I don't believe in reinventing the wheel, I really looked at what our literary ancestors were doing to be successful when I was conceiving of the sanctuary. And what they did in the face of rejection and a basic lack of respect for their work from the mainstream publishing industry was create their own literary communities. They had some kind of like ad hoc ones where it was informal, but then they had also bigger ones that were much more formalized like the sanctuary. One of the main writing communities that I looked to was the Harlem Writers Guild, which was formed by a group of African-American writers in New York City in um, 1950. And it originally started as the Harlem Writers Club, but um, was soon changed to the Harlem Writers Guild because they wanted to focus on the fact that this was a group of writers who were working on improving their craft. It wasn't just like a club, which sounded a little more frivolous. This was serious writers. The founders were John Henry Clark, Rosa Guy, and John Oliver Killens. And basically, they were tired of being disrespected. It was hard for them to get their work published by mainstream book publishers, newspapers, magazines, that kind of thing. When they first started the group, only one person had actually had any publishing credits. But when they worked together and they shared resources and supported one another, helped improve each other's work, you know, were editing each other's work, all of the members actually then found publishing success. Soon, the word of their success was getting out and they attracted more members. Uh, members like Sidney Poitier, Amiri Baraka, Ozzie Davis, Harry Belafonte. Yes, all of these guys were part of the Harlem Writers Guild. In the 80s, we had people like Maya Angelou and Terry McMillan join. So essentially, people understood that when Black people banded together and supported one another and celebrated one another, that's when they saw success because there really is no doubt that writers who come together in community do better, particularly women writers. And that has been proven again and again that writing in community improves the productivity 
the confidence of women writers and also how much they are able to actually get out into the world. Believe it or not, the Harlem Writers Guild is still active today, and they actually spawned a splinter group called the Umbra Writers Workshop, also in New York City. It was a little more radical. They had a little more of a radical agenda, and it was started by Amiri Baraka, who again started out as part of the uh, Harlem Writers Guild. But All of these were not happening in New York. There were groups in Chicago, very well-known group, the Southside Writers Group, that one of the original members was none other than Richard Wright. So Black writers, taking their cues from the Harlem Renaissance, Black writers were always coming together in community because they understood there was power in numbers. But it wasn't just Black writers. There were other ethnic groups who were in the United States working in community to get their work out there. We know in the late 19th century and early 20th century, a lot of Hispanic exiles were gathering in the United States and writing about their own countries, about revolution and independence. They could do that in the safety of, you know, away from their home countries. Of course, they were writing in Spanish, so their work isn't as well-known with American audiences, but we know about their groups and how they wrote together. In other words, people, our people, the melanin-rich, particularly those who lived and still live in colonized lands or who came to this country as immigrants or came as enslaved labor, they've often come together to write as a weapon against oppression. They've come together to write to celebrate and honor their own cultures with one another. They've come together to write in familiar languages without the threat of the white gaze. So yes, I look to our literary ancestors when I was thinking about creating the sanctuary. I was thinking about them and taking my cues from them and wishing to continue on with this tradition of writing together in community in the face of oppression, but also simply to create a safe nurturing space so that we can be productive, we can create and get our words out into the world. Last question. The sanctuary sounds so perfect and so nurturing and so useful, but I'm melanin challenged or I'm a man. What should I do? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, Susan and Jake. (laughs) Not their real names. Lucky for everyone, even if you are not a member of the Melanin Rich or you're not a woman, please, please believe me when I say that there are so many writing communities out there. You literally can't turn on the internet without running into one. And they're not all on the internet. There are real life writing communities all over the United States and probably all over the world. I'm sure there are writing communities outside the United States. I know there are. I'm just not as familiar, so I can't name the names, but... Writing communities are fundamental for writers. There's a huge fallacy that, you know, that we need a room of our own. Yes, we may need a room of our own to write, but we need community to stay committed to the act. So find your writing community. Women particularly, women of color especially, we need our community support. But there are truly writing communities. I just did a quick search, and there are writing communities based on religion, job status, whether you're a mother, whether you're a single mother, for Black people who live in certain parts of the country, for comedy writers, for screenwriters. I promise you, there is a writing community that is perfect for you, and I urge you to find it and join. Now, if you think the sanctuary is perfect for you, 
then by all means, come check us out. Fill out an application. Let's make this happen. I'd love to welcome you into the sanctuary. We want all the BIPOC women writers who want to get their words out into the world and want to be part of a community of like-minded women to come join us. Now, really and truly, you must want to be a part of a community. This is not a drop-in and drop-out situation where you don't really participate in helping to make the community grow and flourish. If you're just looking for resources, this is not the place. This is truly a community, and we want all of our members to you know, deeply engage with the community. So if that sounds like something that would be awesome for you, check for the link in the show notes and come join us. You can also look on the Read, Write, and Create website, and there is a link that's labeled The Sanctuary. All right, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope I answered all of your questions about The Sanctuary. If you still have more questions... I am happy to answer those too. Just send me a message from the contact page on the Read, Write, Create blog, and I promise to get right back to you. So, as all of you know, it is the beginning of the holiday season, and like it or not, people expect you to give gifts at this time of year. If you're like me, I like to give everyone books. And at this point, All of my people know I give books for presents. That's just what it is. That way it's a gift to myself and to them because I love spending money at a bookstore. So if you're looking for gifts for your favorite book lovers and writers in your life, or you want your gifts to reflect your love of reading and writing, please check out my very first, very curated gift guide for literary lovers. You can either find gifts for yourself or for someone else on there. I also have created a shelf of really awesome gift books on the Read, Write, and Create online bookstore powered by Bookshop, where you can find really cool like coffee table books, cookbooks that make great gifts. So literally, you can just find something for everybody on your list just on that particular shelf that's labeled books that make great gifts. So you can check that out too. The links for both gift guides are in the show notes. And not for nothing, when you're thinking about gift giving, don't forget to get a gift for yourself. And what would be better than giving yourself a membership to the sanctuary? Had to get that in. Thank you for listening to this award-winning podcast. If you are looking for more resources, recommendations, and inspiration to help you optimize your writing life, please visit the Read, Write, and Create website at readwriteandcreate.com. While you're there, please be sure to sign up for the Read, Write, and Create newsletter to get even more literary goodness. We also now have a dedicated Instagram account at Read, Write, and Create. That's Read, Write, and C-R-E and the number eight. Be sure to follow that account because it's where all things read, write, and create will be announced. Now, before I let you go, I did mention the holiday season and gift giving. If you would like to give me a very special gift, consider writing a review about the podcast and or leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It would make me so very happy. And such a cheap and easy gift. I'm easy, please. If you could manage to do that for me this holiday season, I would appreciate it so very much. Thank you. The Read, Write, and Create podcast is produced by me, Lori L. Tharps. Our editor is Brad Linder, and our theme music is by Wattaboy. I'll be back in two weeks on Monday with a very special guest to wrap up season two of the show. Until then, keep writing. Keep writing.